Welcome to Straight Talk Wealth, heard every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. with your experts in all aspects of wealth accumulation, preservation, and income planning guaranteed to last a lifetime. And now, your host of Straight Talk Wealth, Bruce Whitey, on News Talk 1590 KBTA. Say hello to my little friend. Better make sure that I'm having my goals. Good morning, Ventura. Hey, thanks for joining us for another great round of Straight Talk Wealth Radio today. Hey, um, this is, we're going to turn, we're going to turn it on my heels. I'm taking a different direction. I'm doing the show a little bit differently. I'm going to talk about different things today than I've been talking about in the past. If we keep talking about the economy, we're going to lose. So tonight I'd like to talk about the economy. If you listen to the show, we talk a lot about how the larger economic picture of this world, which we feel is a world awash in debt, a world that is floating on top of all of its affluence and wealth that we see, uh, which includes in your portfolio and where we're going, is sitting on a mound of debt. And at some point in this world, until that debt collapses and resets, asset prices are at great risk. And this is causing great risk to baby boom retirement and the stability of planning for our future. Now, you've heard all kinds of angles on it. We've been talking about the risks in China and its economy. We've talked about uh, the Federal Reserve printing money. We've talked about the European situation. We've talked about the ticking time bomb in the global economy and about the triggers. Okay, do you get it? Got the story? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. One of my clients called me back listening to the show the other day and said something very profound to me. And it led me to believe that we had to change the talking points a little bit of what we've been doing. She said, Bruce, great information. Good to know about all of that. But I don't get what you do. What do you do? What's your job? Are you a reporter? And I've gotten so, I mean, the reason these topics are so important to me is because there's really two camps out there. And one camp I'm probably never going to speak to in my office. And they believe that whatever happened in 2008, do you remember 2008, was just a bad dream and the government's made it all better. And what's happened in the world is that the the central banks and the governments of the world have learned to manage these crises better, and we've got good laws in place. And I guess that risk is gone, and it's not going to hit me. Now, we're coming up on a period here. What are we, eight years past that? And memory is short, and that's assuming that you even know what happened in 2008 and that you've studied it, and that you realize that the way we got out of that was a great experiment, a great experiment that had never been done before. The world has gone mad on that experiment. The world, the experiment is printing money, printing money to replace the wealth that gets lost in a great crash. Rather than resetting an economy, we print our way out of it and we just replace it. And if the credit and crunch happens again and the banks fold, we'll just print more money to get out of it. And I guess that works forever now. And there is a school of people that really feel like that's probably going to work. They've got it down. They've got it figured out. There's another school of thought, which is this was a great experiment. We are much more in debt globally. 
And by debt, this isn't just the countries of the world that are in debt. It starts in the private sector. It starts with the banking sector. And we, we could go through, I'm not prepared in, bring my notes, but if I went off the top of my head, I could tell you that oil, we're talking about oil these days because that, the frackers and the oil industry borrowed a trillion dollars from the banking system to establish these new routes to find oil. But now we have such a glut, those loans were calculated to be paid off at $65 a barrel. And we're barely making 50 and we might fall again on that. So the oil glut is important because it can rupture the banking system. The banking system's a big part of it. And by the way, I'm talking about this for a little bit, but we're gonna get off it in a little bit. And I'll tell you where we're gonna change course today in just a minute. But the point is, We've got that risk there. We've got China is just increasing debt. And again, this is private sector. It is what happens when the banking system falls. Now, China, you can, is a very mushy line between what's private sector and what's the government sector because the private sector issues debt and the government backs it up saying, if these guys don't pay, we'll pay. It's kind of like the government just giving out the money, but the banks do it and they have, that's their system. And they have a terrible shadow banking crisis in China where there's lenders that are wealthy in China lending like mad into all kinds of risks and the government can't even keep track of them or put a lid on it. So this is the great trouble. And Europe is, is roiling in the fact that, you know, why does this come up once in a while? Oh, Italy and Portugal and Greece. What, what all comes up, what rises its ugly head when you hear about it in the headlines is people not paying their debts off. That's where it broils up. And then the markets get spooked and they crash and they will and they should get spooked and they're not nearly spooked enough. So the bottom line is that the global banks have backed up this debt, have printed more money and, and have, have backed up the system to make people feel like it can't break again. And you're in one of two camps. And I'm tired of talking about it. You're eating in the camp that believes that the government will make it all better. They can always print more money. And there is no ultimate, ultimate result of this except good times. Or you're of the mind that we haven't seen the worst of it yet. So let's talk to the second group for a minute. So I've already made my case. You guys are on board with me if you listen to this show more or less. And um, enough said. What I want to do is respond to the request that I was given, which is what do you do? And this is going to enter a whole new chapter of what we're doing. We're going to uh, be holding a great event on this new chapter at the River Ridge Golf Club on September 24th. Join us there. I have really limited seating. I just made the arrangements and I don't think we're going to get everybody in there. We'll probably have to schedule a, a follow-up date for the guys that are late. Uh, people that wait will pay more for their tickets than people that come early. Uh, we'll make the tickets very nominal uh, early on, but when we have to make arrangements later on on latecomers, the tickets get a little pricier. But here's the topic. This is what we're talking about today. This is what I'm going to be talking about for the next month. And I'm going to break it down for you, kind of classroom style. But your disadvantage is that I can only cover an hour at a time. The event is going to be four or five hours where we pull it all together. I mean, all of it. And if you've ever been to one of our events, 
We feed people lunch. We keep them going. People, I can't get them out of the room after four hours. They want to hang out and talk and ask questions. Uh, they're very engrossed. And it's a pure education. We don't sell a darn thing at our events. There's no closing. And, um, you know, it's just very educational. But this is the topic. Strategies. We're going to start talking about strategies for a world turned upside down. Now, if you don't believe there's any great risk in the world today, in the financial world, then you don't, you, you can listen to other shows for the next month. Cause we're going to talk about not what is the global risk, why we feel the markets are so frail, even though they look awesome right now. They look beautiful right now, but I'll contend that they are basically responding to money printing and that uh, somewhere this global debt, as you look at it, uh, is going to have some repercussions. And at some point, if it does, at the scale that it's on, banks, quadrillion, there's a quadrillion dollars in the banking system of derivatives floating around the world today. They're just bets. They're just bets. Derivatives are what brought the banking system down. That's what AIG was monkeying with. Credit default swap der- derivatives. The market is huge. The banks are deeply, deeply trillions of dollars into that quadrillion dollar figure. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, what do you do about it? What do you do about it? We're going to be talking about that for the next several weeks on Straight Talk Wealth Radio. And it is under the topic of strategies for a world turned upside down. Now, I want to clarify the shade of gray here, too. We can address the idea that the world will not look anything today, anything in 10 years, it will not look like anything we see today. I'm not quite going there. Meaning, if you get my report, if you've ever gotten my report, inflation or deflation, America's monetary system in crisis and how to plan for it, and you can always order that report for free, uh, it's a very informative report. It's, I think, 45, 50 pages. It's illustrated so a high school sophomore could Ill- read it. It goes uh, into the difference between the scenarios of inflation and deflation. Who are the winners? Who are the losers in these? What are the chances that either one will come about? And what are the strategies to live through that? And then in that report, I actually give you a single concept to manage both concerns within a single portfolio. Uh, in that report. But at the end of that report, I wrote a little chapter called uh, a third asset class. So the report kind of breaks down and says, here's your inflation assets, here's your deflation assets. And there's a third asset class for those who are seriously concerned. I actually should read it to you. This is under the epilogue. Uh, Concerned, a third asset class, oh, a third asset class for those seriously concerned. It says, frankly, the overall purpose of this report has been to get real about some of the economic and financial concerns over where our country and this society is going. Again, this is out of my report, Inflation, Deflation, America's Monetary System in Crisis, and how to plan for it. I continue, the author continues, at this writing, I find there is a tremendous complacency about stock market risk that only such a short time ago threatened to wipe out most Americans' dreams of ever retiring comfortably. As you've probably come to realize in this study, there is some sort of disconnect between the stock market floating back up to historic highs again and the crippled economy that belies it. 
I probably don't have to tell you that if either inflation or deflation actually do set in on a catastrophic and grand scale, we may see some historic level of societal calamity that we have not witnessed before in our lifetime. Now, frankly, I don't say this to scare you. I'm only saying it to acknowledge what some of you may already be thinking about. But at the end of the day, you have to place a bet. And if you are actually so concerned that society as we know it will not continue, then really, you need to financially plan for your doomsday asset class. That may well be the Via in Panama or the cattle ranch in Wyoming with lots of barbed wire and ammo. And then I would tell you to bury your gold in the backyard, but the fact is, as recently as the FDR administration during World War II, the federal government outright outlawed personal possession of gold, so I'm not here to advise you to become an outlaw. My point is, make that bet on doomsday if you must. But if you think that any of what you see today could be left standing 10 years from now, then you will either have to put some faith in the resiliency of at least our very strongest financial institutions or get out of the game and off the grid altogether. If you're like me, you're sticking around. But I hope you've at least seen from this report that all does not have to be a worrisome confusion. There are, in fact, safe, safer, and safest ways to get some growth on your retirement assets in the coming years. Learn about them and get busy setting your own course. So what I'm doing there is I'm really just laying out the idea that, you know, we, we there are people that are out there talking about doomsday. I'm not a broker for doomsday assets. We'll talk about it. We can address them. But what we do talk about is that the world is absolutely different than it was for mom and pop. If you're a baby boomer and you grew up with the Rolling Stones and you grew up with uh, the 60s and the 70s, um, you remember mom and dad. Mom and dad played the stock market until they were tired of risk, until they had built up enough money. The market consistently produced for them. And then they went into CDs or bonds and it was a lovely story and it just everything, you know, they got good interest rate. They saved enough money. They got a decent rate of interest. Gosh, you could go and get maybe six, seven, sometimes 8%. If you had a million dollars, 8% would give you $80,000 a year income without a blink. We don't live in that world anymore. And if you're even in the market to avoid the low interest rates, you're in a much more volatile market than existed back then. So we're, we look at what things are different today and what's the same. And it's that sameness that really does help put some perspective back to what do you do about it? Now, uh, I'm rambling a little bit because I got a lot to cover and I'm actually just going to kind of go down my uh, outline here. But this outline I'm doing is the outline which will be presented all in a day. There's no way I'm going to get it all done today, but it is an outline that's going to be presented within a day of the event, which we call strategies for a world turned upside down. Now, I'm going to, this is going to be a $25 ticket for the day and early before the event, it'll probably go up to 35 or 40. It's a $25 ticket per person. We feed you lunch. It is, we've billed it from 10 to 2, but I have a feeling we'll be there till 3 the way these events go. At the River Ridge Golf Club, it's going to be on Saturday, September 24th. 
It is a limited room. These are not big facilities they have there, but these are well attended. And I'll tell you the great thing about the way we do our workshops is you get to meet some of the finest people in Ventura that come not because they're getting a free steak because we only give them a sandwich. And we have the really good sandwiches. We actually have a really good platter, like wonderful. I don't mean to downgrade the sandwiches, a beautiful lunch, but they're not there for the lunch. They're there to be involved and talk about these issues. So we're going to go over, I've got a set of things. We break this down. We talk about what will be different and what will be the same in the future. We talk about the retirement income management process. Now, there's several things that break down because what we're looking at is planning risks. Again, this is strategies for a world turned upside down. And let me give you the phone number right now because I'm going to discount anybody's tickets that get uh, ordered today. If you call this number, we're going to discount your ticket and you can get in right now for a $15 ticket. I don't know how long we'll do that uh, on the radio. But uh, just while I'm airing right now, we're going to knock a $25 ticket down to 15 bucks. The number for that on September 24th at the River Ridge Golf Club. And I'll, I'll get your payment this week and, um, we'll call you back later. So you got to leave two times for me to call you back during the week. But the number is 888-882-5578 for the strategies for a world turned upside down seminar on the 24th of September at the River Ridge Golf Club in Oxnard. Let me read you a little bit of the outline here. There's some really excellent surprises coming into this, and we're going to be adding more and more to the bill. And I've got some guests that will be participating in this with me. So we're going to talk about longevity risk. And we're going to draw from the uh, General Accountability Office report from 2011. I have it here in front of me. I'm going to deal with it a little bit today. But this is a, a major report that the General Accountability Office of Congress put out. It is looks like 70 pages here in front of me, 72. It's called Ensuring Income Throughout Retirement Requires Difficult Choices. And they really look at how average longevity in retirement is changing these days. There's excellent data in this. We'll have the complete report for you. Uh, it might be on a thumb drive. It's a lot to print, but we'll have that available for you at the event. We're also going to feature the President's Council of Economic Advisors report called Supporting Retirement for American Families. And they get into a lot of the issues they're facing. Now, what's significant about these reports and why we go into this is because the government, whether you're aware of it, whether the politicians are dealing with it or not, there are reports being issued by the government where they are trying to deal with these issues because they will have great impact on the budget and on our ability to even to even fund defense or education or all these other things if the baby boom retirement implodes. So they are looking ahead to these issues right now, I assure you. And we're going to be drawing from these reports that you may not have had access to in the past. General Accountability Office report, ensuring income throughout retirement requires difficult choices. And the President's Council, the Executive Office of the President Council, Economic Advisors, supporting report for American families. These reports deal with the longevity risk that is growing as people are living longer. We're going to talk about the 4% rule. The 4% percent rule is kind of a financial advisor's rule of how much against your portfolio should you draw down and is it sustainable? So we're going to go into detail. I have some great audios on that today. 
We will also talk about the long-term care phenomena and uh, whether, and again, this is strategies for world terms up, upside down. So I'm not talking this time about all the bad news around the globe. If you don't know about it already, uh, go to our podcast site, go to our website at straighttalkwealth.com, listen to some earlier podcasts. I'm shifting here. I'm going into what do we do about it? Long-term care risk is a situation. Let me just tell you, my mom, God bless her, uh, passed away in August. 93 years old, lived a full life. Uh, we're, we're, we're glad she's moved on. She had a, a very difficult four or five last years of her life in a, in a, in a bit of a broken shell. I'm being a little spiritual. I'm being a little bit, um, nostalgic about all of this. But, uh, anyway, I don't want anyone to be worried about having to give me their condolences, but my mom passed away in, uh, August. And um, my mom had a stroke in 2002, and she became unable to care for herself. My father never got long-term care, even though I had pitched him on it because I was in the insurance business back then, and I pitched him on long-term care. And he said, if anything happens to your mother, I'm going to take care of her. So mom comes down with a stroke in the summer of 2002, and dad passes away from his cancer by December 2002. So now who's taking care of mom? Mom never took care of herself again from that day, never was able to care for herself. So the estate that my father left behind, which thank God was uh, a robust estate, financial estate. I think about eight years ago, my sister-in-law, who is the trustee of it, mentioned that we were paying $10,000 a month for my mom's long-term care. And that went on from 2002 to 2016 for 14 years, well over a couple million dollars for one person to be cared for. This is becoming a greater and greater risk. We're going to talk about that at the workshop. We're going to look at the fact that people don't like long-term care insurance because they don't want to pay for things that they're not going to get a benefit from. Well, listen, the industry has been working through that problem. It's been changing. And now there's some interesting concepts out there where uh, there's lots of different benefits woven into certain offers, certain packages, certain benefit packages. That'll be part of the workshop on September 24th for strategies for a world turned upside down. So we look at longevity risk. Risk. We're going to look at this 4% rule. We're going to look at long-term care. We're going to look in detail at market, economic, and political risk. Not to get into all the stuff we usually do. Um, it's going to be really hard for me to bite my tongue and not get into what Harry Dent says this week, but we're going to talk about um, what happened in 08, how folks were ruined. I think that's an important thing to stand back and look at and what that would, what would happen if that came back. And then I want to talk about institutional risk, because as I mentioned here at the start, when I was reading from my report, we have to figure out where do you keep your money? What institutions fail in a great crisis? Which ones hold up? Uh, the banking system, I can tell you, is at great, 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 great risk. So we're going to have a couple really good guests participating in way, way or another on this workshop coming up on the 24th. Again, if you want to just order your tickets, you can't go wrong. September 24th is a Saturday. The River Ridge Golf Club, that number is 888-882-5578, 888 Tickets are $15 while the show is airing, uh, $25 if you wait. 
Uh, we're going to cover the banking crisis to come. And John Truman Wolf has agreed to participate in our event. I don't know if he can be there in person that day, but if he can, he's, he's promised me that he would, or we'll get him on Skype. And hopefully, if I don't have to pre-record it, we can all have a discussion with John Truman Wolf, who wrote The Coming Financial Crisis, A Look Behind the Wizard's Curtain. He is a former banker, and he is an expert at the coming collapse of the global banking system. Now, one of the aspects, one of the wrinkles to this story about institutional risk and the banking crisis to come is what happened in Cyprus. In Cyprus, when the banks failed and the government didn't have the money to bail them out, then the depositors bailed them in, so to speak. A bail-in is when depositors give the bank money, give them money. I mean, literally surrender money to the bank Bailouts is when the government does it. We are set up in this system, in, in this country right now that the next great banking failure, which is leveraged beyond the gills, that bailout won't be a bailout. It will be a bail-in by depositors. And it raises a great question about where you can keep money. If you want to get out of the market, if you think the market's going to react to all of this ahead of time, can you keep your money safe in a bank? We're going to be talking about it. And I'm going to be doing a Skype interview. Might be live during the event, might be pre-recorded. But a gentleman in Cyprus who is a financial advisor there who gained a, a major reputation for losing none of his clients' money in the Cyprus bailout. And by the way, the stats are this. If you had 100,000 euros in a Cyprus bank, you were safe. Anything over $100,000, corporate accounts, Personal accounts, anything over a hundred thousand euros in a Cyprus bank, 47.5% of it was confiscated by the banks overnight. And your account was just washed out 47.5% over a hundred thousand euros. That is what has been set up to occur in the future in this country. John Truman Wolf will be speaking explicitly about that. And we're going to talk to the gentleman in Cyprus who lived through it who was a financial advisor through it, and they didn't lose a dime in the bailouts. We're going to talk to him about how he did it. Another great thing we're going to talk, talk about, if we can get to it today, we'll get to it in future shows. We're going to talk about sequence of returns and why, whether we have a down market early or a down market later, let's say you know the market crashes early, comes back later in your life, or it comes on strong, crashes later, whether the sequence of the returns in the market matter, does it all wash out or does it make a difference? It makes a big difference. And it is also covered in the GAO report. And we have some other audios, I think, that are going to go into this. So we're going to talk about sequence of events, sequence of returns and help you understand how this makes a huge difference, not in the accumulation period of building your wealth. That would all wash out. But when you start drawing money out of your funds, whether the market gets hit earlier or later will make a tremendous difference on what you're going to wind up with and how long it'll last. We're going to cover taxation risk. We're going to talk about what about gold. I'm going to talk about big risks in annuities and life insurance and what happens if you choose the wrong product in annuities and life insurance. I'm going to show you how to get past the bells and whistles. This is the most Madison Avenue bells and whistles sell the sizzle field that you'll encounter 
in planning your life ahead. And it's very, very important. I get clients in all the time and they throw something on the table that has bells and whistles on it, but it's an inferior product. We're going to help you learn how to sort that out. And we're going to also talk about non-correlated assets, non-correlated investing that you can uh, participate in that just won't matter what the markets do. It doesn't matter where the interest rates go. doesn't matter where the stock market goes. You're going to get a return on them, period. That's promised. So, and not that that's a panacea because some of the those returns could be very conservative, but the point is they're not correlated to other things. So let's go back through this and tell you what's on the event again. Let me read this out one time and then I'm going to get started on the stories today because we're going to start to present and work this down bit by bit along this outline. So we're going to talk about what will be different, what will be the same in the future. We're going to discuss the retirement income management process and we're going to look at a whole selection of risks in this new New, new turn for Straight Talk Wealth Radio. We're going to talk about strategies for a world trip upside down. That includes longevity risk. We'll look at the 4% rule for distributions. We'll look at long-term care alternatives. We'll look at market, economy, and political risk, which includes institutional risk. It includes the sequence of returns uh, from the market throughout your retirement. We'll look at taxation risk. We'll talk what about gold. We'll talk about big risks in annuity and life insurance and choosing the wrong product. And we're talk about non-correlated assets. Would that be valuable to you? You know, my book's coming out as soon as I can get six months off. My book will come out and I already know the name of it. I'll tell it to you at the workshop, but I'd like you to come. I I know you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's a great crowd and I'll discount your tickets. If you'll commit to come on the 24th, the number is triple eight. And by the way, if something really does come up, if we get your ticket locked in and you really have to bow out for an emergency or something, I refund tickets. So don't feel like you can't call up now because you're uncertain. If you want to go, We'll get your $15 ticket, and if something comes up, you let me know with enough leeway on it that I can replace that, give that ticket to someone else, or refund your ticket. So I don't want you to be concerned about that. If you want to attend this, the tickets will be $25 up until about a week and a half before the event, then they'll probably go to $40. Right now, I'm going to uh, make it available for $15 a ticket. The number is 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. That's 888-882-5578 to join us on the 24th of September. That's a Saturday at the River Ridge Golf Club for strategies for a world turned upside down from Straight Talk Wealth Radio. And I'm going to be really happy to deliver this. And I really want to thank you know who, because you I know you listen every week, for pointing out to me that I was failing to tell my audience what I actually do. You want to know what I do. You want to know how I work with clients and how we plan for all of this calamity to come, what we do differently. Come to this event. We'll lay it out. And there'll be a lot of two-way discussion. I mean, you guys will have things to say. I I like people talking. I, you know, I've had times in these workshops where I just fold my arms for 15 minutes and everyone from the audience just starts putting their comments in and speaks up and we just let people raise their hand and say what they're going to say. And we got a whole discussion going on in the room. I don't even have to work for 15, 20 minutes. I just fold my arm and let the room uh, one at a time have a discussion about the topics we're doing. So great people come to these things. Um, 
And uh, I'd like to see you there. Okay, so let's get into the first part. I want to talk about what will be different in the future and what will be the same as we see it today. Now, there's really two references I want to cover here. Uh, self-created, self-generated, meaning this is from my work. And um, one of the things we're going to cover is the world that we are going to live in sooner than you think. And this is what will be different about the world we're going to live in sooner than you think, than the world has been previously. One is we've got the economics of global debt. We have never seen private sector and government debt levels relative to production like we've seen today. This was the very mess that got us into trouble in 2008 that happened to be focused on the real estate sector. But now it's focused across many, many, many financial sectors and governments as well. So the global, the economics of global debt are going to change the way we live one way or the other. The other thing that's going to be different is that boomer demographics are going to strain the government endowments. So Social Security, Medicare, all of those services are under tremendous pressure to have to evolve and trim down or go bankrupt. So how the government's going to deal with those government endowment programs is going to be different than it's been in prior generations. Globalization. Eh, It's kind of like what I mentioned on global debt, but globalization is basically what happens in other parts of the world now affect us to a much greater degree than they used to. That's going to be different. Longevity improvements. So people are living longer than they used to. You know, we still try to, we still try to try to retire at 65, but in the old days, by 70, 72, most guys were gone. And in fact, I think when they started social security back in, uh, uh, the 30s, uh, men lived to an average 68 years. So Social Security was even, uh, uh, you know, more solvent at the time. Well, we're seeing a lot more longevity improvement today. So people people live into their 90s very commonly uh, and health improvements. All right. Now, those, that's what's going to be different. Here's what's going to be the same. It's not going to change in the future. It's going to be the same as it always was. And one is that we all have hopes and dreams for those golden years. None of us really just wants to be a slave to labor. Now, that there's a lot of different aspects to that, meaning that uh, your hopes and dreams may be the that you how you work or changing your work or what you do doesn't mean that you're not going to be wanting to be productive. But the fact is, we all have hopes and dreams for those years. We don't want to work in saddle and just fall in saddle and drop dead one year. We, we have some hopes and dreams that when, you know, you hit some age, you can change your life and start to uh, actualize some of the things you've been waiting to do. So that's, that's going to stay the same. Here's the other thing that's going to change, not change. It's going to be the same if you plan on a concept of retirement. And that is you're going to need passive income while you're not working. That's the idea. It's not going to change. Somehow your assets that you've built up have to be turned into income that pays your bills and pays your needs. So what we're saying there that's not going to change is you're going to shift assets to income. You're going to go from an accumulation period to a a distribution or withdrawing period. Your job in retirement is to spend money, not to save it. Did you know that? So that's not going to change. That's the same. 
So that's kind of the background of what's going to be different and what's the same. And what that boils down in into really is five major risks. And this is also in the inflation deflation report. And I'm going to read you the five major risks uh, in the world that we're going to live in. Okay, this is under five greatest risks. One, the American, if not the global economy, will be frail and the stock market will be extremely volatile. Uh, let's see. The prime factors driving this will be the unprecedented massive debt and deficits of the United States government and around the world. I wrote this several years ago. It's shifted a little bit, but the concepts are, say, are the same. Two, historical increases in tax rates. We haven't discussed that much on this show. Businesses, working people, and retirees with both state and federal government getting ever ingenious about inventing new ways to collect tax revenue. That is another great risk to retirement. That's risk number two. Risk number three of five. There is a serious possibility of hyperinflation or deflation. But which one? Call it wrong and you can lose everything you've built. Risk number four. Human lifespan continues to increase with modern medicine. Therein lies a serious threat that a retiree could outlive their source of retirement funds if they live too long. And threat five, for those who have meager retirement assets and have not otherwise provided for assistance with their activities of daily living, should they require such help one day? The skyrocketing cost of care could deplete their entire asset base in a single average incident. So that's your five greatest risks. We look at what's different in the world today, what's the same, and now you try to meld these into how do I plan for retirement? Your risks are that the global economy is going to be frail. Stock market will be volatile. It's number one. Number two, historic increases in taxes. Number three, serious possibility of hyperinflation or deflation. But which one? Number four is human lifespan continues to increase with modern medicine. By the way, if you haven't gotten my report yet, you can get this report for free. Go to inflationdeflationreport.com, inflationdeflationreport.com, inflationdeflationreport.com. And uh, this is uh, about 50 pages, highly illustrated, and uh, you can have that for free anyway. That's what I'm reading from. So number four is human lifespan continues to increase with modern medicine. Number five, long-term care is going to go up and a lot more people like my mom are going to need it for a long time. Now, that's your risk. So now let's talk about how we mitigate those and kind of uh, start to work through those. Now, I want to start with the um, reading you from the General Accountability Office report. 2011, but man, it is still pertinent. Retirement income, ensuring income throughout retirement requires difficult choices. And uh, I'm going to just, they kind of set the scene here. Why the GAO did this study? As life expectancy increases, the risk that retirees will outlive their assets is a growing challenge. The shift from defined benefit pension plans, that's where you know what your check's going to look like. You don't know how much is in the plan. You just know what size check you promised. To define contribution plans, which just tells you what you can put in the plan, doesn't tell you what check you're going to get out of it. That shift over also increases the responsibility for workers and retirees to make difficult decisions and manage their pension and other financial assets so that they have income throughout retirement. 
Now, there's a section here which is an opening letter, and this is the commission writing to the uh, Honorable Herb Cole, which is the chairman. It's just kind of a letter, but it kind of serves as an opener to the report. It says, Dear Mr. Chairman, as the life expectancy of U.S. residents continues to increase, the risk that retirees will outlive their assets is a growing challenge. Today, a husband and wife, both aged 65 have approximately a 47% chance that at least one of them will live to his or her 90th birthday and a 20% chance of living to his or her 95th birthday. In addition to the risk of outliving one's assets, the sharp declines in financial markets and home equity during the last few years and the continued increase in healthcare costs have intensified workers' concerns about having enough savings and how to best manage those savings in retirement. In addition, and they go back in here to the shift from defined benefit to defined contribution has been a factor. And it talks about the difference in these different plans. It says uh, in traditional defined benefit plans, a retiree is entitled to receive a specific periodic annuity benefit for life, usually based on years of service and other factors, whereas workers in defined contribution plans accumulate balances in individual accounts with employer or employee contributions, or frequently both, plus accrued earnings. But in defined contribution plans, that's an IRA or 401k, by the way. Well, IRA is like where you've taken it on yourself, but that'd be like 401k or simplified employee pen pension. Participants are typically responsible for investing and assuming risk. Given your interest in the retirement income options, we examine the following. One, what strategies do experts recommend retirees employ to ensure income throughout retirement? Two, what choices have retirees made for managing their pensions and financial assets for generating income? Three, what policy options are available to ensure income throughout retirement? And what are the advantages and disadvantages for retirees? There's a quick section here they have on Social Security. It says Social Security benefits provide annually inflation-adjusted income for life. And in 2008, were on average the source of 64.8% of total income for recipient households with someone 65 or older. The cost of Social Security benefits is projected to exceed, exceed sources of funding. And the program is projected to be unable to pay a portion of scheduled benefits by 2036. We've talked about this before. I interviewed the former trustee of Social Security and Medicare at length, and you can get a copy of that interview if you go to our e-commerce site, straighttalkwealthradio.com. Straighttalkwealthradio.com, you'll see the interview with David M. Walker, former Comptroller General of the United States, and we talked about the coming deficits in Social Security and Medicare. All right. So what they're basically saying there is people are getting older. There's a longevity problem and we haven't planned well for it. Now, the longevity problem is going to lead us into these other things. I'm going to talk in a minute about the 4% rule. It's going to talk about long-term care. We're going to talk about uh, 
you know, uh, let's see, the planning issues, okay? Then you have the sort of environmental issues, which we will also talk about at the upcoming workshop. But I want to dive into the 4% rule. So the 4% rule is basically a planning concept around longevity, which is how long can you draw down on a portfolio? How much can you draw down on it and know that it will last you? And the ruling, the kind of financial planner's rule of thumb is 4%. Take 4% a year. Now, you're going to hear a couple of videos, which I put a little bit of a gag into this. It's kind of fun. But I'm going to play you a couple uh, audios, actually, that discuss this. Because one audio says what happened over the last 30 years is not what the future is looking like because of this very challenging interest rate environment. And look, 4%, like you shouldn't take 4%. That's too much. Oh, really? I saved a million dollars for retirement, hypothetically. This is someone speaking, a hypothetical person. And I can only take $40,000 a year income, period. Now, the idea on that is there's got to be enough money in that to actually just make an income. There's got to be enough principal to make an income off of measly dividends and interest to give you your income. And they're saying it's only 4%. And if you start tapping into the principal, you're in a scary, scary, scary dwindling spiral because you have to, next year you have less principal to earn less interest, which means you got to take more principal to compensate for the lack of interest. And then if you add inflation on top of that, 40,000 in a few years is going to need to be 43 and 45 and eventually 50. And you're whittling down and eating up the principal of something so that you have even less and less interest to pay you. And somewhere you hit the skids. Now, there's a short paper that I wrote, uh, illustrated as I often do because, uh, I, I, these concepts have to be visual for people, but I pulled on uh, the, the study, the study I wrote was called principal spend down. And it draws on a study that was done by Genworth Financial some time ago of a hypothetical portfolio. 50% stocks, 50% bonds. And it looked at the real history of this hypothetical portfolio, stocks represented by the uh, S&P 500, bonds by the five-year U.S. government bond index. And it looked at someone who had a half a million dollars in 1972 going forward, trying to withdraw that money over a period, over a period of time, starting against that actual historical background. So it begins with someone that drew 5% of the portfolio down, half a million dollars. They start in 1972 and, you know, they're pulling money out of it and they're pulling at the same time, uh, the market's pulling some money out of it, but the market comes back, the market goes up, the market goes down and they continue to withdraw that. Anyway, the bottom line is in that environment, a 5% withdrawal rate from that portfolio would have lasted them until 1994. It's 22 years. All right. Maybe you'll live 22 years in your retirement. Maybe you'll live more. Maybe you'll live less. 22 years. If they just took 6% a year out of that portfolio, instead of five, just 1% more withdrawal, the portfolio was extinguished seven years earlier. Instead of 1994, it would have been extinguished in 1987. That's a 15-year portfolio. If they took 7% withdrawal rate, it would have been gone in 12 years, 
By 1984, it would be gone from 1972. So that's a difference of a 10-year span just between whether they drew through 5% or 7%. So this, this concept is extremely important as to whether you're going to run out of money or not. And we're going to cover it at length and visually in the workshop coming up on the 24th of September on strategies, financial strategies for a world turned upside down at the River Ridge Golf Club. And again, uh, we're offering those tickets. It's a $25 ticket. Uh, if you buy a ticket this week and something comes up and you just can't make it, we will refund it. But I want to get the reservations in for the serious people right now. We're making those tickets $15 instead of $25. We will get your uh, ticket paid for this week, but if something comes up, we'll refund it if you just can't make it. But you need to call for the discount. The number is 888-882-5578, 888 Now, I want to play an audio for you, a couple audios about this topic and how these different advisors look at this. Here's a great basic on the 4% rule. And let's give proper accolades here. This video is actually on YouTube. It was produced by Northwestern Mutual. Uh, They have a series of them called Retirement Myths. This is Retirement Myth Number 4, All Withdrawal 4% a Year. I'll be safe if I only withdraw 4% from my investments each year. Let's talk about why that's a myth. This is commonly referred to as the 4% rule, and it was probably a pretty safe bet a generation or two ago. The idea was that if we only took 4% each year from our retirement fund, it would last as long as we needed. But today, it's an approach that's being viewed as uncertain for a number of reasons starting with the fact that we're all living longer, as we talked about earlier. The research that's been done around this kind of systematic withdrawal of income was based on retirements that lasted a maximum of 30 years. But since we're all living longer these days, we can't afford to build retirement income plans that require us to die on time. Why else is this a risky approach? Well, the success of the 4% approach is significantly tied to both the stock and bond markets. And it's based on average returns over the past 30 years. Unfortunately, historical averages aren't necessarily realistic in today's low interest rate environment. So that's the other reason why the 4% rule is risky today. Here's a comparison. If we use historical averages and you withdrew 4% of your investments each year, the likelihood that you run out of money would be very low, 6%. However, using low interest rates similar to what we see today, and even if today's rates were to return to normal averages in 5 or 10 years, the likelihood that you'd run out of money in a 30-year retirement would be three to five times higher. And that's true even with half of your portfolio invested in stocks. Why is that? Because today, fixed income investments, such as bonds, which are part of almost everyone's retirement portfolio, earn much less interest than they did just 10 or 20 years ago. To make up the difference, you have to pull a greater share of your retirement income from stocks and principal. So when you do the math based on current market conditions, that 4% rate of withdrawal that was considered safe for so many years is now just too risky. Okay, so they make a good case on this. If you've got a million dollars, you should be thinking about only drawing $30,000 a year to live on instead of $40,000. All right, look, I'm going to cut through the chase. I'm going to tell you at the workshop, one of the things I'm going to be showing you is how to draw maybe up to 7% out of a portfolio and never risk running out of money. This is what we're talking about. Strategies 
for a world turned upside down. It is a different world today. We're employing different strategies, and I'm going to go in detail with you about it. Stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll tell you how to get discount tickets, but I want to move into this next video, this next audio, and it's just kind of for amusement. I want you to hear how the guys that want you to stay in the stock market, want you to continue to be your money manager and charge you a year, charge you for fees for all of this, how they look at this and how they make their story that, uh, you know, because you just heard this lady say 4% is not workable. That's not what they say in the next video. They're saying the answer is a dynamic spending plan. And uh, it's kind of complicated. It's got a lot of numbers in it. You can thank Vanguard for this one. from Jonathan in Philadelphia, right in our backyard. Jonathan asks, what is your position on the 4% withdrawal rule at the time of retirement? We talk about this a lot. Maria, why don't you start? Um, I think it's a good foundational question because that's by far, I think, is the the major question that we get these days, primarily around the interest rate environment that we're in. Um, We do believe that 4% is a reasonable starting point for someone who is entering retirement. Um, I think it's probably a good idea to just take a step back and think, talk about what's baked into that 4%. So there's two main factors, one being time horizon. So when you think about the 4% spending rule of thumb, what it's predicated upon is it assumes a balanced portfolio anywhere from 40 to 60% equity, for example. And over a 30-year time horizon, research shows, and our research supports it as well, that by spending 4% inflation dollar-adjusted um, over a 30-year time horizon, there's a very strong likelihood that the portfolio... The last lady just said we can't period. count on the last 30 um, years. So when you think about that in, broad, hmm. in terms of time horizon, if you have someone who is an early retiree, for example, retiring in their 50s... You base this on history or on the future? on the lower side of that, maybe around 3%. The flip side would be is you have someone who's in advanced retirement, maybe someone in their 80s, they shouldn't be tied into a 4%. They can probably spend more. So time horizon is important. Asset allocation is another factor that's important. So we assume in these simulations a balanced portfolio, anywhere, as I said, 40 to 60% equity. If you're more conservatively invested, then certainly a lower sustainable withdrawal rate would make sense. Um, Conversely, if you're more aggressively allocated, then you could feasibly spend more. Because yeah, if you're um, aggressive, you always make more money. Always happens. with shorter time horizons, um, <laughs> is that the portfolio is Wait, the math isn't coming yet. More Wait for the math. Risk. So the frequency of losses may not change, but the magnitude of losses might. Right. We actually would recommend um, an advocate, um, more of a hybrid or dynamical approach to spending that kind of combines the two mm. methods that Maria had mm. talked about. So okay. um, our dynamic approach is actually in one of our papers, and it kind of says, you know, we are going to base the portfolio withdrawals each year um, based on a percent of portfolio, um, but then and we will put some checks and balances in. So we will compare that spending. Let's hurry this up. We're running and out of, of course, time. If someone um, were to decide to spend uh, more or less time with the market, maybe more than the ceiling mm. amount, you would limit your spending to the ceiling. If the market, um, based on number of points, the withdrawal amount was below the floor, you would actually only drop your, your um, spending by that amount. Okay, so if we start with an example, say a million dollars. Here comes the math. With say, 4% spending. So the initial year, you would spend $40,000. Um, if you assume, say, 10% return, at the end of that year, you would have you know, $1,060,000 in the portfolio, which will be shown in the middle column around the example. Um, so 4% of that would be $42,400. Um, and then the ceiling and the floor are actually the change over a year. This, um, this, this year, math is just getting past me. 
in the prior year and say you owe it by 5%. So they would say the year-over-year change in spending can't be more than 5%. Um, and then we also calculate a floor, so they say the year-over-year change in real spending can't grow by more than 2.5%. The 5% is 40000 for the prior year, or the floor would be $39,000, which is the $40,000 less $1,000 for sure. So if the floor is 40000 is higher than the calculated percent for the year, you would actually limit your spending to 42000 as opposed to spending 42000 Oh, man, that's algebra. I went through that example maybe a little bit quickly. There is detailed calculations and there should be a URL at the bottom of the screen to direct you to a paper where all the um, assumptions of this actual example is um, written out in a lot more detail. So there's, there's a lot there and it's yeah. great oh, yeah. that we point people to that. But, you know, two things that strikes me when you've kind of read through the answer. One is it's not necessarily a set it and forget it strategy. No. Definitely not. No. You need to have some sort of strategy. No. Just don't enter it and start winging it. Have a strategy and then adjust as you go forward. Mm-hmm. But make sure you know what you're doing. Yeah, you better make sure you know what you're doing. Okay, so look, here's the thing. I just want to tell you. One of the things we're going to cover in this workshop is going to be how to retire with 5, 6, and 7% drawdowns and no risk of running out of money. That's part of our workshop. And we're going to talk about this 4% rule. And we're going to talk about it's not a matter of algebraic, change it year by year, this, this variable, that variable. It is dependable. It's one of the things we're going to cover on September 24th at the River Ridge Golf Club in Oxnard, it is going to be the strategies for a world turned upside down workshop from 10 till 2. We're going to feed you lunch. We're going to cover what will be different, what will be the same, retirement income management process. We're going to talk about longevity risk, 4% rule, long-term care risk. We're going to have a couple great guests. John Truman Wolf will join us. He's going to talk about the risk in the banking sector. We're going to have the gentleman from Cyprus tell us how he kept people out of the Balins in Cyprus. We're going to talk about taxation risk. What about gold? Big risks in life insurance and annuities and choosing the wrong product and non-correlated assets. Call the next five minutes. We'll knock 10 bucks off your ticket for September 24th. 888-882-5578. I'll be back with more of this story next week. 888-882-5578. 888-882-5578. Content of Straight Talk Wealth Radio is for educational purposes only. Any discussion on financial products and their features is subject to change without notice. Consult your own tax, legal, or financial advisor as to your specific situation. Tax-free benefit specialists and insurance services. California license 0E48147.